Let's do this. Let's keep honoring God's word. Let's stand together to read. We're going to go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 1. If you find it on your phone, that's great. If you can find it on your in your Bible, that's great. It's going to be on the screens to help you out. And um, this is a pretty neat story uh, today that I think we could learn a lot from. If anything, it's a holy warning um, for us this morning. Um, I just realized that some of you might not even know who I am. So uh, I'm Adam Lee. I'm the youth pastor here, as, as Pastor Chris just said. Been here a long time. I only get to preach uh, enough to be terrified of it. So um, I have an amazing, beautiful wife and two amazing kids. And I'm a very blessed guy on Father's Day. So, uh, all right, with no further ado, let's read together John chapter 5. It goes like this. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there was in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. See, it was believed back then that when the waters of the pool of Bethesda were stirred, there was healing available. Some scholars, uh, pontificate that it was um, an angel that would come down and stir the water and you would receive healing or um, some people even believe that um, it was a, a shift in the earth that would happen to cause the waters to be stirred and that it would release minerals into the into the pool and they would contain healing elements um, however it was it was very desirable to be in this pool when the water was stirred and this guy is saying I have no one to help me in when the water is stirred while I'm trying to get in Somebody else goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Because you know Jesus is better than a water, a pool of water. Amen. Pick up your mat and walk. Uh, the man at once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. This the day on which this took place was the Sabbath. Some would say, no, no, no. So the Jewish leader said to him, the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry that mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? Saddest part of the whole story right here. The man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning. Or something worse may happen to you. You thought the 38 years by the pool paralyzed was bad. Something worse could happen. Stop sinning. So the man went away. 
and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that it has the power to change us. Thank you that you've, you've called us here to hear from you. I pray for good ground this morning, that your word would fall and grow on hearts and in minds. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. As you're sitting, high five your neighbor. Tell them the title of my message is, don't miss your miracle. Come on, high five them. Tell them, don't miss your miracle. High five the neighbor that you ignored and tell them, don't miss your miracle. All right, we're in John chapter 5. This is an amazing story. Um, Jesus is 33 years old at this at this time. He's two years my senior. He, and he has, he's coming out of his incognito mode. He's coming into his public ministry. He had been doing things behind the scenes for the first couple of years of his life. And his earthly ministry was starting. We're in John 5 and chapter 4. He encounters the woman at the well. In chapter 3, he encounters uh, Nicodemus. And we get the most famous Bible verse that has ever been preached. John chapter 3, 16. For God so loved the world. In chapter 2 of John, he encounters the woman at the, the well. I'm sorry, he, he encounters, um, he's at a wedding in Cana and changes water into wine and, and people are amazed. And He is coming out of his shell. He's coming out of his earthly ministry. He's making his presence known in the world. And he's moving. And he has his disciples. And they encounter this paralyzed man at this pool. And the crazy thing about this story is that the man experiences healing and doesn't get salvation. The man is healed, but he is not saved. This is a powerful example of the compassionate love of God to, to, to cause a man to stand up in his physical condition. And, and simultaneously, the tough love of God that says, some of this is your responsibility. Some of this is your responsibility. It's a powerful of those, it's a powerful example of those two loves existing simultaneously. The compassionate love of God and the tough love of God all at once. The forgiving love of Christ has to be accepted by human free will. It cannot be forced. It cannot be forced. So this story, um, is amazing to me because this guy after 38 years, encounters the living Christ, has no revelation of his Christhood, receives a physical miracle, and then sadly walks away. Many scholars say that this is, this is actually accounted as the first betrayal of Jesus. Um, that Judas betrayed him with a kiss, but this man betrayed him with a healing. And... Uh, it is in stark contrast to the story in the previous chapter with the woman at the well who was made whole. And Jesus encounters this woman and she experiences the forgiveness of sins and is made whole and runs off and tells her whole entire family, come meet a man who has made me well. Come meet a man who has told me everything I've ever done. And she has this life transforming moment in the presence of God. Jesus did not slip away for her. He did not disappear into the crowd. No, no, no. She experienced his saving grace. And so this story is the exact opposite. 
This man was healed, but he did not believe on Jesus as the Christ. John's gospel is unique in the sense that the word believed is mentioned well over 40 times. And that John seems to have this emphasis on believing in the Christ. And at every turn in in John 2, it says that after he changed the water into wine, his disciples believed on him. And in, number, in, in chapter 3, where, where he, he tells Nicodemus how to be born again, it says that Nicodemus, whosoever believes in him and the woman at the well, drink of the living water, and you will never thirst again. Believe on the one. And there's, so there's a strong emphasis on believing in God. Stark contrast to even some other... Some other stories, and, and, and actually in John chapter 9, there's a blind man who gets healed. And the Bible says that he's so grateful for his healing that he follows Jesus around like his shadow. Let me come with you. Let me come with you. Wherever you're going, I want to go. And Jesus actually has to be like, I don't know if he was annoying, but he actually has to, no, 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 no. You can't come with me. And um, actually, it makes me wonder, is it possible that this story is more about a man missing a miracle than about receiving one? What is really happening here? And um, I started thinking that this actually wasn't the only place in Scripture where somebody received a miracle and was not saved. If you remember, in the book of Luke, there's ten lepers that Jesus uh, approaches outside of the camp where they all had to be, and he heals all ten of them. And it says that one of them came back and said, thank you. What a novel idea. (laughs) And Jesus questioned him, the Samaritan. He said, weren't all ten cleansed? Why is it only you who has come back to give thanks to God? And he says, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Ten were cleansed. One was made well. So the question of this text becomes, do you want to be made well? Let's put that verse back up. Next verse, chapter 5, verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there, he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. He asked him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? I read a humbling um, commentary about this that, This is more a scripture about us than it is a scripture about this paralyzed man laying by this pool of Bethesda. That that actually Christ finds each of us in this crippled state, doesn't he? That there are things that we go through, times in our life where we're paralyzed. And and, and this story represents God himself finding us in our brokenness and our fears and our anxiety and our paralyzed state. And asking us the question, each day, do you want to be made well? Because here's what I know. Healing can be frustrating. Healing, actually, being wellness can be downright disturbing. Uh, Wellness can often demand a level of self-care that you don't have the skills for yet. 
wellness. Think about this guy. He had to, he had to physically learn how to walk again. He had to, he would have to take knees that had, hadn't done anything in 38 years and learn how to walk again. Uh, he would have to learn a new set of behaviors, a new set of habits. <laughs> For 38 years, he would lay by this thing paralyzed on his mat. What do you do when you don't get to do that anymore? Wellness often gives you a new set of responsibilities. As a matter of fact, I would say to you, if, if Christ is offering himself to you for forgiveness of sins and to make you well, and the responsibility is to sin no more, I'm, I'm, I'm asking this morning, do you have more responsibility than excuses? Because wellness requires learning new habits, learning new attitudes, learning new thought patterns. Wellness demands new behaviors that focus on sin removal instead of sin remorse. (laughs) This story is going somewhere. Wellness requires that you sing a new song. This man had been singing the same song, the same broken record for 38 years. You want to know what it sounded like? Put verse 7 up. It says, Sir, the invalid, the Lord of the Son of the living God just asked this guy, do you want to get well? It sounds like a dumb question, doesn't it? It sounds like an obvious answer. But watch what this guy says. Sir, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. Someone else goes down ahead of me. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like a broken record. That sounds like when God shows up in my life and asks me if I want to get hell, if I want to get well, he's, I, I sing the same song. Uh, no one wants to make me well. People always beat me to the water. I'm not a country singer. I'm sorry. But it's the same broken record. That this guy has been singing for 38 years. His only shot at a real solution is standing right in front of him. And he's, he's making excuses for why he's not whole yet. So how you see determines how you live. Amen? The truth is that God finds us each in this state. And we all have... We all have areas of dysfunction and always, it always can feel like in the moment, no one can help me to the water. Not only do I have any help, every time I even think about it, somebody beats me to it. So I'll open up a little bit about some, it's been a difficult week, uh, week or about 10 days for us. Uh, Daddy did a lot for me, but you never told me how hard losing a dog would be. Dang. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a tough guy. I don't really care too much. But we had to put a dog down last uh, last week, th- uh, Friday morning. And um, I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me it would be this hard? Right? It's just awkward. You got to figure it out. Uh, and then... Uh, Actually, within, within 24 hours, uh, my wife gets into an accident on 81. And um, thank God she's okay. 
But she told, it's a total loss on a car that we just bought. We didn't even own that thing for a month. So I've been figuring out how to, uh, you know, settling everything with the insurance companies and, um, uh, just a little bit more stressed than what I'm used to. My parents are in Florida, so I've been kind of like juggling childcare. And I don't know about you, but I'm the guy that wants to figure everything out. My greatest strength is that I take responsibility for everything, and my greatest blind spot is that I take responsibility for everything. <laughs> because I want to get the car figured out. I want to get the dog figured out. I want to figure out the childcare. And um, not to mention I have to preach this week, and i got to figure out this fireworks tent thing. And it's just a little... Ah! And um, you know what I have the tendency to do? I have the tendency to go, I got this. It's all me. Like, I don't need no one's help. This is extra pressure. But guess what? I'm Superman. I don't need anybody's help with anything. So I don't open up about it. I don't tell anybody that I'm struggling. My poor wife, my poor kids, they got to experience dad flipping out over nothing. Because I don't know about you, but you can only pretend to be so tough for so long. <laughs> and sometimes what's in comes out. And most of the time what's in is sinful. And as embarrassing as that is to admit, it's what's in. It's what's in us. It's what's in this, it's what's in this paralyzed guy. He's laying there. And, um, I, I believe that, uh, there, there are, there are seasons in our life that for whatever reason, the pressure gets put on a lot more than usual. And, 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 and pressure reveals what's inside of something. And so when, when the pressure is put on, what's in you comes out. And, 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 and it's usually sin. <laughs> and, and, and I believe God's question today for you and for me is, do you want any help with that? Because... I can do something about that. Uh, do you want to get well? Because guess what, Adam, at 30 years old, it gets a lot harder than that. So uh, there are seasons in your life, I don't know who this is for, that God never intended for you to walk alone. And right now you have more pressure on your life than you've ever had. And you're not reaching out. As a matter of fact, you're laying by the pool saying, Nobody helps me. Nobody ever helps me. Anybody know any? Never mind. Don't answer that. <laughs> the saddest part of this whole story is that the helper, the capital H helper, was standing right in front of the man and he missed it. Don't miss your miracle. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't miss it. Don't miss it. The, the healer, the helper, he's here this morning. And he can help you with what is happening to you. So then Jesus does this crazy thing that doesn't make any sense. And he heals the guy anyway. The ridiculous, gracious, unbelievable, nonsensical grace of God. Says to this guy, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And, and you know what it tells me? It tells me a couple things. That God doesn't need my permission to heal me. He doesn't need my uh, ducks in a row to heal me. <laughs> he doesn't have to. I don't have to have the dog and the car and the kids and the and the and the wife and the and everything figured out for him to heal me. I just have to have a revelation 
of the Christ. I just have to have forgiveness of sin. Where there is revelation, there can be forgiveness of sin. Where there's forgiveness of sin, there can be wholeness. Some of you are chasing down wholeness in a place where you can't find it because it can only happen in the presence of the forgiveness of sins. So, he doesn't need our help to heal us. He doesn't need permission. Uh, he, he uh, unfortunately, will fix a problem that we thought was the problem that ain't the problem. Because physical healing was of little benefit to this guy when, he hit, when most of his bondage was somewhere else. And in verse 10, it's, it's, what happen, it's what happens after Jesus heals the guy that, that really we should be paying attention to. Because in verse 10 it says, And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said, Pick up your mat and walk. You know how you interpret the will of God in your life? It, it makes the difference for everything else that happens in your life. If you're, if the will, if you interpret the will of God in your life as I've got to stay here for the rest of my life, you could tell that this was, that this was this man's interpretation of the will of God. 38 years on a mat, why? Because when the waters was stirred, he didn't have anybody to help him. Are you kidding me? I remember reading in the scripture where, uh, where a crippled man asked four of his friends to help him, carried him on a mat, drug him up on top of a roof, laid him down in front of Jesus, and he was made whole. So my question is, is you couldn't think to ask anybody for help? How about, yeah, I'm in a rough spot right here, but how about the next time, guys, please, the next time that water starts jiggling, why don't you just pick my sorry butt up and throw me into that pool? Sometimes help is right in front of you. And you do not know how to ask for it. Because the God of the universe is someone that you're letting slip away. So, how you interpret his will matters. Because how you interpret it determines how you heal. This actually, this whole, this whole story is a, is a conflict of interpretations. The man, the crippled man, he interpreted God's will as, I gotta stay stuck in my broken record. And, <laughs> and the Pharisees' uh, perception of God's will was, it is unlawful for you to carry that mat today. The will of God is going to be upset about this. When Jesus is over here the whole time going, actually it's just God's will that you be whole right now. And I, I brought you to stand up onto your feet so that maybe I could deal with what's happening in your head. I think I'm preaching better than you're responding. <laughs> Sorry. You interpret God's will for your life the way you want, and that is unfortunate. It's what gets me stuck every time. God, your will for my life is to struggle through this every step of the way until I die. Until you kill me like you want to. I'm sorry, but if that's your interpretation of the will of God in your life, you might not ever walk again. Tension is also found in this text. When, when, when the man does not take ownership, because if you want to get well, it takes more responsibility than excuses. 
It also takes, if you want to get well, more ownership than blame. Because when the Pharisees ask you why you're carrying the mat on the Sabbath, you ought to tell them why. You ought to take ownership over what just happened. You ought to say, I know it's the Sabbath day, but the, but I just encountered the living water. And he told me to pick up my mat and walk today. So I don't care what you say. I don't care what laws I'm breaking. I'm walking today. But that's not what he did. The man, the man told me to do it. The guy who healed me, he said, he said, uh, yeah, go talk to him. And in one second, we realize that a physical healing is of no benefit if you're stuck somewhere else. And this man for 38 years had been stuck and they always beat me to the water. No one can help me in. The man told me to walk today. I don't want any trouble. Still no ownership over his circumstances. In direct contrast to the very previous chapter where the woman at the well said, Oh my goodness, come meet a man who told me everything about myself. You've got to see this guy. He changed everything. I know my life is a mess right now. And you, and you know that uh, you know, I have like been with five different husbands. And the guy I'm with right now is not even my husband. But, but I am taking ownership of my circumstances. And everything changes today. Come meet a man. And Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Go and sin no more. You know, this is why poor people can win the lottery and still be poor in a year. Because poor is a brain problem, not a bank problem. It is way too quiet in here. (laughs) Next verse. So they asked him. This guy's not doing so hot, is he? Who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. That's the saddest verse in the Bible. The man had no idea, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd. This is the main question of the text today. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. It matters how you answer the question, who is this fellow? Because he is either somebody who has helped you so that he can slip away, or he's somebody who can help you today so that you can cling to him with every every ounce of strength that you have in it. I have no idea, he said. You know what that tells me? There was absolutely no revelation of the Christ. The only thing that was required for his every problem was the revelation of the Christ that gives way to the forgiveness of sin, that makes Wholeness, possible, slipped away because of excuses, because of blame, because wellness is work. The woman at the well experience, it totally different. Until there is revelation of Christ in your life, you stay stuck. 
I'm going to ask the band to come. I don't think it is God's will for us to stay stuck. I think that it might be true that he finds us each in our dysfunction. That the saving grace that we experienced on our day of salvation. I'm sorry, but it gets us to heaven. But it ain't enough for next year when something crazy happens. You need grace when crazy happens. And that the grace that you get when crazy happens to help you function with responsibility and ownership, that's not going to be enough in five years when it really gets crazy. Do you know what I'm saying? Am I talking to just myself? That in every stage of life, you need, you need, you need toddler grace when you got toddlers. You know what I'm saying? You need teenager grace when you're raising teenagers. You need forgiveness when you get stepped on. You need ownership when you want to blame. You need responsibility when you make excuses. Here's the best part of this whole story. It did not work out for the man, but it can work out for us. Amen. Put up verse 14. Later, everybody say later. Jesus found him. Thank you, God. Jesus found him again at the temple. Think about that for a second. Just let, let, try to wrap your head around this. This was legitimately the Bible. Uh, some scholars say the first betrayal of the Christ. That someone would take his healing. Someone would take his goodness. Someone would take uh, his power and just let it slip away. Stay stuck. And the goodness of the Savior to come back and find him again. Hallelujah. Even when I let him slip away, even when I mess up, even when I blow it and everybody around me thinks I'm crazy, there is a God in heaven who loves me, who is coming back for me, who is standing in front of me and saying, here's your second chance. Let's do this thing. Jesus found him again. He says, stop sinning because it's going to get worse if you don't. Stop sinning. Come on, there was a woman at the well just in the last chapter who got this right. Don't miss this. There's going to be a blind man in chapter 9 who gets this right. Don't miss this. This is what separates growth from paralyzed. Growth from paralyzed. So Jesus found him again. He gives him him an opportunity again. This is, you know what? Standing wasn't the miracle. Physical healing was not the benefit here. The benefit is I'm the living water of whosoever drinks of me shall never thirst again. And here's a second chance at the real miracle right here and right now. So come on. Come on, stop sinning. That's what he's telling the guy. Drink from this water. So you know what that tells me? That tells me that he comes back. That tells me that he comes back. That tells me that no matter what, he comes back. Someone in this room is feeling like you lost it. 
No, 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 no. He comes back. He comes back. Let's stand together. Here's the verse that makes me the saddest. It's the verse that causes my greatest, uh, my greatest, uh, this is the verse that warns me the most. And that's verse 15. Go ahead and put it up. It said, the man went away. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. Oh my goodness. Okay, I understand you missed it your first time. I don't know how it happened, but somehow you stood up after 38 years of being paralyzed and you missed the miracle. But how in the world do you miss it again? When after the after the after the Christ who you betrayed comes back for you, gives you a second chance, how do you then miss it? Unfortunately, this guy misses it. And he actually rats out the savior of the world. It was Jesus who did it. To that group of Pharisees, many scholars believe that this was the this was the beginning and the end of Jesus. That this made them so jealous, this made them so crazy, that, that this man pointing the finger at Jesus was the start of his end, which was part of the plan. Um, so maybe this morning uh, we, could, we could together t- uh, agree to get well. Come on, fathers, our kids need us well. Husbands, our wives need us well. And wellness is something that only can happen from the forgiveness of sin. So today, this morning, come on, let's agree to do that together. Can we? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's ask Him to do that. What only you can do, God. You're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. We know who you are, and we accept what you've done. So God, in the presence of the living God, would you forgive us of our sin this morning? Would you help us become well? Would you help us heal? Would you help us make it through? You came to heal those parts of us that have been lost for a long time. You came to heal those parts that are lame when we need to walk. Those parts that cause us to blame when it's time to take responsibility. Those parts in us, God, that we never thought would walk again. You have the power to do what only you can do. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. Cause wholeness to occur in our hearts today and forever. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. You guys are awesome. Let's give praise to our God.